right, we're here this week to remind you guys that everything is better with bacon. And that's why we're taking on the 1984 release of Footloose this week. That's right. Kevin Bacon, John Lithgow, Lori Singer, and Chris Penn. So grab yourself a little snack and something to drink. Put on a little tunes. And whatever you do, don't get busted for bopping. Lord help us all. Sore back and bunions on my toes. Chris, yeah. what in the world are we going to do the show about today? <laughs> I, I I don't know. You people will never guess what the show will be about be this time. I mean, I just I'm just feeling crazy right now. I'm feeling like I need to cut loose. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I mean, maybe maybe what I'll do is I'll go foot loose for a little bit. That might be a good idea. Only I'm not wearing my Sunday shoes because it's officially Monday here. Technically, by the time right now we're recording, so well, all I know is Mama better not step on my blue suede shoes. <laughs> I wear them on Tuesdays and Thursdays because I get I turn up on a Tuesday. <laughs> so Travis lost a bet. We're doing Footloose. Um, Let's no, seriously. In all seriousness, I think we both like this movie. It's a great movie. Who, who don't like it? I mean, even even the guys that hate on it on Rotten Tomatoes still like it. I know. I know. I mean, it, this is kind of like a bonus for us tonight. Uh, normally, I'd ask Travis how he's doing and what he's done, but we didn't go on over this. This is our second episode in the row. It's kind of a bonus for us tonight to get things ahead here and have some fun. Yeah. Footloose, yeah, we thought. So in the vein of Footloose, we're not, we're not trying to – we're just winging it right now. We're just going to talk about whatever comes up. And that's Footloose. And that's Footloose. We're going to talk foot about loose. dancing. Dancing. We're talk about the Jabberwockies. The Jabberwockies. <laughs> Shaq and the Jabberwockies. Yeah. There you go. Urban so, um, dance crew. They got Simon's golden buzzer. Well, it wasn't Simon. Anyway, no. sorry. I never, How old were you when you think you saw this movie? First oh, time. Lord. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Man, I was like elementary school type stuff. I mean, I remember seeing it when it came out. I was about 11 or 12 when I saw it. Um, yeah, I don't remember, though, if it was at the theaters or if it was on VHS. So I don't remember I which. definitely didn't see it in the theaters. I, I don't think the first movie I saw in the theaters beyond Disney cartoons was Masters of the Universe. Yeah. I think it was either Masters of the Universe or Batteries Not Included. One of the two. Hmm. Well, let's see. To give the people here a little brief explanation of what this movie's about, in case you don't know, big city teenager Wren relocates from Chicago to the small rural town of Beaumont, where its inhabitants have imposed an unjust ban on rock and roll and dancing. Feeling trapped and confused, Wren tries to fit in. However, will soon find himself neck deep in trouble when the B-E-A-U-T-I-F-U-L, Ariel Moore, the preacher's daughter, catches his eye. 
Now to convince the city council to lift a ban on dancing, he has no choice but to fight prejudice and communities fire and brimstone preacher through dance. But uh, is Ren fighting a losing battle? Uh, we'll see that and more this summer in theaters near you. So right. look, 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 this makes me sad. The B-A-E-U-T full yes. Ariel is played by Lori Singer and her I I'm I I don't dog on anybody, but Lord have mercy, her picture on IMDB looks like Mark Singer, even with the hair from Beastmaster. Okay, you don't know that's his uh <laughs> sister? No, I, I do know that's what I'm saying. Like she okay. looks just like Mark in that okay. photo. Yeah. I was gonna say maybe you didn't know that for sure. It was like it was killing me there. I was like, holy cow, like she looks just like Mark. What's going on here? It's crazy, isn't it? (laughs) She does. Like it's crazy. That is that is. And you know, looking back on her from that time, I guess maybe I could see it. You know what I mean? But if I'm looking for it, but man, she was a drop dead gorgeous too. Yeah, and she didn't do very many movies really. No. Well, neither did Um, Mark. No, nah, well, he was in a few things, but not not a lot. I, I I'll tell you about something about him in a minute when we talk about her. It, it, I, I'll think about it again. I saw him on something today, and it kind of cracked me up. But uh, this movie uh, released February seventeenth, nineteen eighty four. It had a estimated budget of eight point two million. The opening weekend that seems like a lot to rent a dang uh, Massey I mean, Harris tractor. It does, don't it? <laughs> in a dance hall. For the, the opening weekend, made the money back eight point eight million five hundred fifty six thousand nine hundred thirty five on February twentieth, nineteen eighty four is what it's uh when that was reported those numbers. So opening weekend, gross U.S. in Canada eighty million thirty five thousand four hundred two, and it must not have been released too many places worldwide. It says eighty million thirty nine thousand and sixty four. So wow. They they didn't allow them to dance. I guess. I I guess not. Hour and forty seven minutes long. So back in that time, that's about the average length of a movie you would get. But an hour and a half, hour and forty minutes on the most. Yeah. So. And I I wonder sometimes too. I, does that runtime include credits? Because you got a good fifteen minutes of credits after a movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't. You know. I ah, oh, that's a good question. I don't think it does. Look though. into that. I I, I don't think it does. I'd I'd be surprised if it included the credits. I really would. Right. Heck yeah. No, I don't believe so. And it um, was filmed in Provo, Utah. Provo, Utah. Yes. What did the Rotten Tomato people say about this movie? Lots of different things. Um, I like some of it. Some of it, you know, honestly, I can kind of agree with. Uh, but uh, one of the positive ones, it is. Uh, it says, one of the critics says, Footloose is elevated to something much more than a teen romance. It's become a social parable about the dangers of extremism. Footloose is about what happens when you try to control people too much. And I very much agree with that. Um, while and Sean Collier of Box Office Profits scores this movie originally a 5 out of 10 on August 13th in 2021. And honestly, I have to agree with him. While Footloose is fun... It's not very good. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's kind of the same as a lot of those eighties movies during that time frame. <laughs> right, right. You know, some things just weren't great. But it, I mean, but it's they fun. were fun. It is fun right. to watch. You know, exactly. And you, you know, you got more people that go on to really berate it. It's trying to turn it into more than in what it was, what it was trying to be. I guess you know, I, it was trying to be a fun 
it was trying to be a fun story that uh, was showing those um, dangers of extremism, especially seeing how it was based on a true events uh, in a true town. Um, so, but and then you got other, you know, this it's it's a mixed review, it's a mixed bag. So I can't get on Rotten Tomatoes too bad for it. I don't guess. Yeah, I think. Well, you know what? Uh, tomato. You know, Ren McCormick. Fair. You know, Ren McCormick would say if he heard a bad review of his movie. What's that? Jump back. <laughs> That's right. Jump back. You ever been busted for bopping? <laughs> <laughs> and not to mention the fact that you know this movie's headed up with the great Kevin Bacon. Right, like, come on, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. That's right. We can link him to anyone in Hollywood in, in six steps or less. Who don't like some Kevin Bacon? They say bacon makes everything better. It does, a hundred percent. Oh, I mean, absolutely. And he went on to do some like really amazing projects. Just the one that comes to mind. I don't remember the year or anything. Um, I can get in here and find out, but of course. Tremors is timeless, but that's not the movie I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of a movie called Stir of Echoes, yes. which is when it at, at, in its day was disturbing when it came out. And it was like, wow, like it's a really, really good movie. It came out in 1999. Really, really great movie. He's been in tons, tons of great movies. So River Wild was great. JFK, oh. Apollo Hollow 13, Man. Sleepers, Hollow Man, Wild Things was good. Dagum. Mystic River, uh, I mean, golly, bomb, just tons and tons and tons of stuff. There was few another one that he did, yeah, a few good men. Uh, what was that movie where he was on Death Row? Oh my gosh, that was so good. He played a he played a convict on Death Row that was getting a death sentence. Uh, he had his head shaved. He was uh, there was a woman that made friends with him or something. Do you oh, know about man. what time frame it was? No, I can't remember. He had a big old scar running down the side of his face. Like I know in the two thousands, he had a movie, a movie called Death Sentence in the two thousands. I don't think that was it though. Uh, he also was in another one too that is not in our time frame, uh, where his family got killed by like a, a big mob or something. I don't think it was in our time frame. It might be. Uh, that might be Death Sentence actually where his family gets killed by gangsters basically. Yeah. And uh, he breaks bad and goes and shaves his head. And it's so awesome because like when he finally breaks bad, that, that, that is that movie. It is death sentence. So that movie is incredible. But what I loved about it was like, he portrayed a broken man so well in that movie looking for vengeance. And <laughs> he got all gunned up. Don't know how he don't he don't he's a hockey coach. He don't even know how to shoot a gun. But he goes and buys all these guns because the police ain't doing nothing about his family getting murdered right in front of him in their home. And uh but anyway, he gets him a leather jacket, gets all these guns, and he shaves his head. But my man's so twisted up on this. When he shaves his head, when it shows him buzzing it, the next time it shows him, he's got like big old patches that he missed and like big big strings <laughs> of hair hanging off his head. It, it just it did so good at adding to the crazy. First movie I remember him in is Friday the 13th. Ooh, yeah. He yeah. was in the original one. Now, I I wasn't at that time frame, of course, 1978. I'm like five years old. I'm not watching National Lampoon's Animal House. So 
That's right. not the first time I've seen him in a movie. I saw that movie years later, but years later, though. But Friday the 13th is when I first seen him. And then the next big thing he was in for me was Footloose. That's when I really knew who he was, was Footloose. Yeah, I think I think I saw him in Footloose probably first. And then I guess probably Tremors would, would be what I remembered him from. Oh, I don't know. Did you see She's so Having a Baby? I don't remember off the top of my I don't recall I want to say I want to say it's a John Hughes film I think I'm not sure but I think it is yeah. uh he was he had a bit part in planes trains and automobiles racing Steve Martin for the taxi and I may have seen him in that too because I, I would have seen that movie by then but I think at the during this time frame you know me being between you know eight nine ten years old eleven yeah. years old uh, I think Tremors was probably the first one that I recognized him from because I said, that's the guy from, I can remember being like, oh, that's the guy from Footloose. Yeah. Tremors. Well, Tremors come out in the same year as Flatliners. They were both together. Ooh, Flatliners was good. Now, now yes. we're going back into one of our uh, 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 Tombstone alumni. This is Flatliners was awesome. Was this not, this was the one with Kiefer Sutherland in it, right? Where they yes, were killing, it was. They were med students and they were like killing themselves to go to yes. the other side and bringing themselves back within the exactly. time frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a yeah. good one. And like I said, a few good men. The air up there was fun for me. That was a fun movie. Basketball. Jimmy Dolan or Dolan. Yeah, Jimmy Dolan. He was Balto too. That makes me happy. Now the River Wild. You mentioned it earlier. Is that not the one where he is? Like he's a bad guy, he's a he's like a convict or something like that. Yeah, yep. I think that was and the first he's movie making, he played the bad guy in. What was the woman's name in the movie? Why can't I Meryl think Street. of her name? Meryl yep. Streep. Yeah, she's the one that could really do the river well. Right. Navigate that river to the rapids and everything. That was a great movie. No doubt. Sleepers was good too. I mean, well, he's like you said, he's hit a lot of great things over the years. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he stayed busy for sure. This is one of the reasons why they had that six degrees of Kevin Bacon. You know, he's worked with so many people. You can always connect him with somebody else. But then again, I've said this before too. We could take six degrees of Arnold Schwarzenegger if you want to probably connect almost anybody to him. Oh, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think it goes with just anybody. It's just, it's fun to say Kevin Bacon. It's just like those Chuck Norris things. You yeah. know, you don't, you don't make the jokes, the Chuck Norris jokes about, um, about, you know, Schwarzenegger or Stallone or somebody mm-hmm. like that. It's always going to be him. So the same thing with Kevin Bacon and the six degrees deal. It's just it's just fun to be you know to link him to everybody, basically. Right. Um I cannot find this movie that I'm thinking of. I want to say it's something like Monster or something, but I cannot find it in his accreditation at all. Yeah, I am it. I definitely am not sure on that. Well, I will come back around to it. I'm sure we'll find it eventually. Um yeah. I would say next up is going to be the uh the uh, great Lori Singer there. Yes. Now, you know, her. she never really wanted to be in acting much like her brother did. She wanted mm-hmm. to be more in dancing and stuff like that. Right. But she did do a few movies. Obviously, we have her here in Footloose. Um, she also did a movie in the, I think it was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's gone on to do more, but she did start out doing that kind of stuff. But... Warlock, I think it was called. That movie was so good. That's a horror movie. I remember. It's 1989 called Warlock. Yep. So she still was, 80s. Yeah, she was the love interest. Uh, what was that guy's name? Julian. Julian something. Uh, Julian Sands. Julian Sands. He was the Warlock because it ended up being like two or three movies, and I don't remember watching all of them. Something that I didn't mention at the last one at on the last show because we're doing our double show tonight, as we mentioned before. 
And um, this happens to be on the same night as the, uh, we just got done shooting Maverick. And it was funny to me uh, bringing up movies like Warlock and, and all these horror movies that I've seen. So um, I meant to mention it in our previous show, but Maverick was one of the movies that, you know, back in Blockbuster and Pick a Flick and movies and all these video shops, heyday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember when I would get out of school, it was my job to get to the Blockbuster and get the movie, get the new release before they all got rented out. And I remember Maverick was one that my dad was like, all right, now y'all go get Maverick so we can watch it. <laughs> so when I got out of school, all right, we, we ran straight to the video store. But it, yeah, that was during that time. Warlock, that's why I know that movie. I, I stayed in the horror section uh, during yeah. 1992 through 1993. So for two years, I would have stayed in the horror section. You know, I said she wasn't in very many stuff, but they're making me a liar here on IMDb. Um, mm-hmm. In between Footloose and Warlock, she was in Falcon and the Snowman, The Man with One Red Shoe. Okay. Uh, then some movies that I never heard of before Trouble in Mind, Heartbeat, Summer Heat, Made in USA. Uh, so, I, I mean, I believe I've seen Sunset Grill. Yeah, I can't say that I have. So, I believe I've but seen this movie. The biggest thing she was, uh, she, and it's not like she was really known for it, but she did 38 episodes of Fame. Mm-hmm. And she was more like a background dancer more than somebody in the Fame, front. fame. <laughs> You're going to live forever. It. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Heck yeah. Julie, but she was big in this Julie movie, Miller though. in Fame. That was her name. Okay. Heck Yeah. And okay, so wait a minute now. So we had the uh, well, let me go ahead. Before you get the uh, Mark Singer thing that you were going to give me, oh, yeah, yeah, Mark and I'll Singer. go ahead and um, let everyone know that Murder in the First was the movie that I was trying to think of with Kevin Bacon, and it wasn't a woman. I was getting mixed up with a movie that has uh, uh, shoot anyway. Sean Penn. I was thinking of a movie with Sean Penn in it where the girl befriended him. He was on death row, but mm-hmm. in murder in the first is Christian Slater, Kevin Bacon and Gary Oldman and Christian Slater is, uh, the one who befriends him. And I can't remember if it's, if Christian Slater is actually his, uh, defending defender, or if he is a reporter telling a story, I can't remember which one it was. Okay. But it's a great, great murder in the first with Kevin Bacon is an amazing movie. I had to look for that. I don't think I've seen that. It sounds pretty it decent. It is incredible. It is really, really good. It's it's uh, one of them heart-wrenching type things, man. You just kind of, you know, it, it's not a thing to where he is wrongfully convicted. It's more of a thing where it's like when you delve into his psyche, it's kind of like a you know what I mean? Like you understood it. It wasn't a cold blooded murder. You know what I'm saying? That he got yeah. pinned, got pinned on him. So, but they yeah. make him out to be a monster. Well, the whole Mark Singer thing wasn't really anything major. It it, it struck me funny. It's not it going to be funny for me because Beastmaster is still one of my favorite movies of all time. Beastmaster was a good movie for me too, but this was <laughs> some of the worst acting probably I've seen him do ever. In, in, in anything. <laughs> Um, a buddy of mine was over here and, uh, we were watching an episode of Highlander. You know, well, that's um, come on. There's no good acting in Highlander. I love Adrian Paul too, but I'm just saying, so he, he's one of the immortals that he had run into on the show, you know, every now and like then. I'm, 
I'm going to commit. I'm going to commit heresy here, and I'm liable to cause riots in the streets with the fans, especially seeing as how I named my son Connor, and I slipped it in there with a different spelling, and I really did it because of Connor McLeod. And then I tried to get my ex-wife, who had a child, you know, after with her pre- her uh, current, and I had her sold on naming him Duncan. She was like, oh, I like that name. It sounds good. And then when my daughter heard it at eight, uh, 17, 16, 17 years old, she was, she said, daddy, because she had just, I had just been talking about. She busted Connor. you, didn't she? She did. She did. And then when they found out, Duncan was out. I was like, yeah, because then I'll have Duncan and Connor McLeod from McLean McLeod. But, <laughs> so what I preface and all that for the rioting in the street is, I mean, honestly, Christopher Lambert is one of my favorites. If you put Christopher Lambert in a movie, I'm watching it. But I mean, to be 100% honest, how good of an actor is Christopher Lambert? Not very Come good. <laughs> you know, like I love him, but. Yeah, not very good. He wasn't believe. <laughs> He's just not very good at all. But yeah. like, like I said, this whole thing—the reason why it was such bad acting to me—he plays this mountain man. I forget what his name is. But Dar, it's Dar. It's always you, Dar. That could be for all I know. <laughs> That's from Beastmaster, though. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, he's like McLeod. Is that you? It's you, isn't it? McLeod, so and I'm good. like, this is the dumbest thing ever. It's That's like so this, good. this is the extent of his acting in the show. I mean, right? Any more, any more? You know, I, I I've heard someone talking about Highlander recently, mm-hmm. and um, of course, uh, uh, they were saying that because you know the, the Highlander movies, right? You watch the remember the Highlander movies. How yeah, each sequel, I've got a Highlander, I've got a McLeod clan sword hanging from right. the wall. So, so you yeah. know how each each sequel really didn't have anything to do with the movie before it. <laughs> yeah, it just practically won their own way. Absolutely, yeah. So I mean, this so, is what but, he, but Mark too. I, I remember I I got freaked out over a TV show. This TV show used to scare the hell out of me. My mom wouldn't let me watch it, but I would sneak and watch it anyway. It's not a very long TV show. I don't know if you remember it. But Mark Singer was the main character in it. It was called V. And it was yes. like this reptile invasion aliens. Mm-hmm. Their face had ripped away and they had, you they know. They were lizards. Like, yeah. v, v stood for visitor. Yeah. Let's see, I was so young, I don't remember much about it. But I do remember, because, you know, that's the time frame that I'm a little kid. You yeah, know, five, Mark six Singer years had, old. Yeah, I had Robert England in it as well, playing one of the aliens. that was supposed yeah, to be yeah, um, yeah. kind of likable toward you know the humans they he he liked them and they kind of took to him and everything mm-hmm. um you know who else is a great alien john lithgow is he is a good alien isn't he yeah <laughs> he's third rock like, from the sun uh, yeah i guess he's a good butthole reverend too so <laughs> <laughs> he was in this movie anyway he was in this movie I, you know I, I think you could put john lithgow in anything and he'd pull it off lord farquad <laughs> look, at the, look at all the different things he's done, though. Wasn't I mean, he look, Lord Farquaad? Yes, he was. Look at so. the villains and the villains he's played in the past. Oh man, he Cliffhanger! Was, was the it, villain in Cliffhanger. He was he was something else in that. Yes, wasn't he in a Denzel movie? Where ricochet. He was a, ricochet. Ricochet was crazy good. Yes, very much so. He did. That great wasn't in the that. one. Now that wasn't the one too where they were singing. Ty. It was like a. It was like a 
a, a demon jumping bodies. Do you remember that one with Denzel? Time is on my side. I do remember that. Oh, I don't remember man. what movie it was. That wasn't Ricochet, was it? No, I'll tell you in just a second, though, probably. Um, man. Yeah, so while you're thinking of it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go. John Lithgow has been around since the early 70s, mid-70s. Getting his getting started, getting his kick in the foot in the door. Uh, I guess um, he did the voice of Yoda on the original radio drama of Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back in 1983. Oh, that's pretty neat to know. And I'm then I guess sure. it, I, I'm pretty sure that Denzel movie, not to cut you off, sorry, is falling. Yeah, that, I, that's it. That's exactly it. Yep. So that then was I guess. A good movie. His big break, yeah, dude, that movie was cool. I really liked that one. So I guess his big break kind of came in uh, uh, Twilight Zone, the movie. He was in the very first Twilight Zone. mm, I don't want to say very first. I don't know. But there was a segment in Nightmare at 20,000 Feet that he did. And then after that, I guess his big one, well, in terms of endearment, I guess would be big. But with Footloose, I guess Footloose was his first really big, would you say? I mean, looking through his his uh, body of work, I would say Footloose would be his first big thing. Footloose probably made more of a name for him than Terms of Endearment did. Yeah. I Terms of Endearment so. was a fairly big movie, though. Right. And then Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension. It makes me so angry that I cannot watch that movie. I can't find that movie anywhere. I'm going to there, I'm gonna have to actually somewhere. Like, I know. I'm going to have to actually buy it or watch it on a website because I can't rent it on anything any of my streaming services that i pay for legally mm-hmm. harry, <laughs> harry and the hendersons harry and the hendersons harry yeah he was in that you can't forget that he was with uh he starred with the great uh uh shoot come on now uh carpet like he could say carpet and it's fine He's like you can just listen to him say carpet morgan freeman <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, he was in a movie with Morgan Freeman, but yeah. Uh, another movie with Denzel, as well as, um, oh my gosh, I'm looking right at her. Oh, so, Anyway, so, Pelican Brief is the movie. Oh, isn't that Julia? Julia Roberts. Yeah. Tell you people, it sucks getting old. You can't remember things. You can't say things. Man alive. I've got to just get over this. Um, Yeah, a lot of uh, what I think when he reached Third Rock from the Sun and Shrek and all that, I think he kind of settled down a little bit. I don't think he he did. He was in, uh, I think, was it, he was in some early episodes of Dexter. Which is a yeah. cool show. People he was. He was in 12 episodes of Dexter. I, yeah. I never watched Dexter, though. He was in the remake of Pet Cemetery in 2019. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, John Lithgow, man. Great, great, great. But I like, I like, uh, I like Diane Weist. We always say, is it Weist or Weist? I don't know which way you pronounce it, honestly. We, that's why I say we always, we always wonder about that with her, but. She's great. She was in the We Can Do Six Degrees of Johnny Depp then. So she was in uh <laughs> she was in one of the movies that was on the wheel earlier. She was the mom in uh Edward Scissor Hands. Yeah. Right. The mom in Lost Boys. The Mom and Lost Boys. Yeah. And you said one of the 
one of the other set of guys who do a great podcast that we enjoy uh, that we don't necessarily agree on the soundtrack to this movie <laughs> <laughs> just voted her one of the greatest TV moms of all, or one of the greatest uh, movie moms. Was it? Yeah. One of the best movie moms in, for the eighties, basically. Yeah, what it was, that was, I believe, that's, so. And that's the guys over at buzzing the tower who have been a shameless plug buzzing the tower. Yeah. Mo and Max. I know yeah, you guys Mo don't listen Max to this guy. show, but if you do listen to the show, we're shouting you out right now. Yeah. Check them out. Catch them anywhere. Podcasts are available. Fun to listen to. Absolutely. She's also in a great movie. Get a bird cage. Can't forget the bird cage. Bird cage is a good one. That is true. So Do you know who else might know a little bit about Diane Weist or Diane Weist or Diane? I do. I think his name. I think his name also starts with a T. All the greatest names start with T's. Great names do start with T. I mean, and this is a <laughs> this is a great guy. He goes by the name of Tim. And um, well, just drop his ad in here real quick for you guys to listen to. So, speaking of plugging people tonight, this is plug number two. Here we go. There we go. Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying the show today, but bear with me just one moment while I get a quick word in from a good friend of the show of ours, Tim, at 80s Flicks Flashbacks. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to an 80s Flick Flashback podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes, VCRs, and the video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our first-time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. Go. Heck yeah. So we got a lot. We got after our other plug there, we got a lot of other people not worth mentioning. In the movie, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've got a couple quick, more people left to quick, go. Really. Quick rundown. We don't have to do their body of work, but quick rundown <clears> on, <throat> on a few other ones that may be known. Well, one of the two that I can think of doesn't have a lot of work to talk about anyway, which is Chris Penn. He played Willard. Mm-hmm. Is that, now, is that Sean Penn's brother? Since we got since we got yeah. Mark Singer's brother. Yeah, okay. he, I do believe he's related to Sean Penn. The uh, only other thing I remember him from is Best of the Best. Okay. Uh, one and two. Yeah. That doesn't mean he didn't do anything else. I'm sure he did, but right. I mean, he never really stood out to me. He actually did do some other things. I'm, um, <laughs> I was about to be messed up. I was about to be like, yeah, but who cares? <laughs> yeah, but who cares, right? <laughs> it's not Sean Penn. Yeah, yeah. He was in a bunch. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He's kind of like Clint Howard. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the one movie I remember him being in where he was, uh, oh, uh, Rush Hour. Uh, what about he had a bit he had a bit piece in rush hour as someone who was locked up already that um jackie chan and chris tucker were trying to get some information out of about where the little girl was kept oh, okay okay well he was uh he was a sheriff in tu wong fu as well was he really mm-hmm. i never watched tu wong fu what apparently you've seen quite a bit that i haven't and i've seen quite awesome. you haven't yeah yeah that's we do have a that's why we mesh so well together 
We daggum fill in the puzzle pieces to make it all create our tapestry of movie trivia. <laughs> I can't say that Tu Wong Fu ever stood out to me, though. I don't think it's one of my movies on the list of what I want to watch. I mean, if I was making a list of people movies for people to watch, Tu Wong Fu wouldn't make it. <laughs> it's not going to be one like, oh, you got to see it. You know, I let me tell Star- you about this great movie called the two one two. Yeah. I throw Starsky and Hutch in there that this guy was in as Manetti before I would that. Right. Oh my God. All right. So that's enough of Chris Penn, Sarah, Jessica Parker. We yeah, can talk yeah. about her for a minute. Cause she's done some stuff now. I mean, other than playing rusty and footloose, I remember her being in girls just want to have fun. Uh, that's yeah. like one of my, uh, I've admitted in the past as guilty a guilty pleasure. pleasure movie. Yeah. You know, uh, she was in the movie with, uh, Bruce Willis. Uh, what was that movie? He goes know. on, he's, he's, he's dropped from the New York police department and he's, uh, serving as, she was obviously completely forgettable in it. So, <laughs> oh no, 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 no. So the movie, the movie name is not standing out to me. It was a good movie though. It really was, uh, Tom Sizemore was in it with him. Uh, it wasn't Striking Distance, was it? Striking Distance is the movie, yes. Okay. That's it. Well, the only thing we care about, I guess some people may care about Sex in the City, but the only yeah. one we care about, truly, is Hocus Pocus. I started to say, don't you dare say Hocus Pocus. Absolutely. 100, oh, my God. 10,000%, man. All right. Pop oh, culture oh. in America would not be what it is without Hocus Pocus, dude. Hold on. Uh, right. would, you, would you like to uh, say that again? Oh, I muted his mic. He can't say it. That's right, because he's completely wrong on what he's saying, people. (laughs) No, absolutely not. I bet you half the listeners will fight you over that one. Hocus Pocus, man. Yeah, dude. Come on now. Wait, you weren't. Okay, so I was 13 when Hocus Pocus came out, too. So, yeah, yeah, there's the generations, man. Hocus Pocus is, that's the joint. I, I know a quite a few people. When the second one came out too, like the second yeah. one just came out last year. That was a big no. I know, I know quite a few people that like it. I'm just picking, but uh, yeah. I, I, that's another one that I didn't. But see, I didn't want to watch it. There's a difference in not seeing it and not wanting to see it. Right. Oh, I Hocus, never wanted to watch it at Hocus all. Hocus Pocus is amazing, dude. Catherine and Jimmy and Bette Midler, just those three, the the, the three sisters, man. Oh my God, they are so good. The, the movie is so good. It's hilarious. It just takes see. me back to my childhood, sort of. You know what I mean? Yeah. That'll be one of my guilty pleasures. It's not like I'm. It's not like I'm pumping rhinestone here. <laughs> Please we don't promote rhinestone. We're no promoting worked, rhinestone. We hadn't worked it into an episode in like two episodes, so we got to get. Oh, we we haven't <laughs> had we haven't had a reason to bring anything that bad on though. That's the that's the whole thing. Oh my hey. gosh. Um, honeymoon in Vegas. She was in Honeymoon in Vegas. Ed Wood, the Larry mm-hmm. Sanders show. Uh, gosh. Uh, Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks was a cornucopia of stars, I think. There was tons and tons of people in there. And you know, it's been such a long time since I've seen Flight of the Navigator, but she was in that. I own that movie on DVD. Do you, on Divida. Do you know how long it's been since I've seen that movie, honestly? Probably shortly after it came out. Really? I, I got it at the same time. So when I bought um, The Last Starfighter, I went ahead and got Flat of the Navigator with it. There's a handful of movies that came out in the 80s around that time mm-hmm. that I did like and I watched, but I haven't seen them you know, really any more since then that I would love to have myself. And that's one of them right there. And I'll have to admit, I told you before, I didn't never see... 
uh, Willow or the Princess Bride until last year. Yeah. And I do. I would like to go ahead and pick those up when I think about it. Willow is amazing too. Have you watched the the show, the TV show? The still have not picked up on that yet. I have not gone to it. And you said it was worth watching, so I I got to go. I got to go watch that. Especially, it makes me sad almost that you didn't get to grow up, so to speak, with uh, with Willow. Because man, that was just such a great you know adventure as a as a younger person. I don't know why I never watched it as a kid. To be honest with you, I don't right. know why. Uh, I it, it could just be because during that time frame, of course, when it first came out, I wasn't really hitting the theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, and on VHS, I may have seen, I may have come across it and thought, well, I don't know. Just looking at the cover, I may right. have thought, well, I don't know if I want to see that or not. Yeah, it's kind of like Labyrinth. I never watched Labyrinth either. Everybody yeah. says you got to watch Labyrinth. Labyrinth is one of my favorites, man. Labyrinth so, is so good. I've still got to get to that one. Yeah, especially like <laughs> we make fun of it, but we talk trash about Dave Bowie, David Bowie and his bulge. Because like, why would you make a children's movie wearing what he wears in that? And, and right. let it go. And then you've got Jim Henson. You got, you know, like come on, man. But but I guess he gets a pass because it's David Bowie. I'm sure. Do, and the do you know in where that baby's actually his baby? Is it really? Yeah, the one he's throwing up in the air. <laughs> dance, I didn't know that. magic dance. Yeah, that's his kid. Did I know that? Do you know what the first one of the first things that Sarah Jessica Parker is really known for? One of the earliest things. I would think. No, 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 no. There's a movie where she plays a princess in. Uh, it, it's a legit like medieval thing where she plays a princess in it, and I cannot remember it to save my life. But I would say that Labyrinth would be one of them. But I, was she not on a, a no? She wasn't in, as well. She wasn't in Labyrinth. No, I, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. No, first so, thing I would say that Sarah Jessica Parker is probably remembered for is Square Pegs. I don't the remember TV, that at all. The TV show I never watched it either. It's a TV show called Square Pegs. Though she did 20 episodes of it from mm-hmm. 82 to 83. Uh, it was one of those things where it was a little favorite of younger people like Degrassi junior high was back in yeah, that time yeah, yeah. frame. Okay. Okay. So, see. Yeah. Kind of like that. I never got into it or Degrassi junior high, so Me I can't really. Because yeah. they're no saved by the bell. That's right. <laughs> I actually would have watched saved by the bell more than Degrassi junior high. There's no doubt about that. Oh dude. Um, right. We grew up do on, you know what? on that one. The biggest thing that this, well, I don't want to say it's the biggest thing the movie's known for, but in the eighties, at least, we got a lot of great movie soundtracks. Yeah, and this movie, what's what's really cool about this movie soundtrack is that it knocked Michael Jackson's Thriller off the top U.S. album charts, where it had ranked for more than a full year. This right. soundtrack, this this soundtrack album. Now we were just goofing around. The pop. We were goofing around a little bit at the beginning. We had a little bit of Footloose on there, but. Mm-hmm. I want to take a moment and just hit a just a a little taste of some of the other stuff that's on it. We're not going to play full songs, obviously. It's not going to be a great deal of each song or nothing. So, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, because the, the it's stacked the whole. I mean, the whole daggum. It is from beginning to end. I mean, yeah, Kenny Loggins, Denise Williams, Ann Wilson from Heart, along with Mike Reno, Bonnie Tyler, Shalimar, mm-hmm. Kenny Loggins again. Um, Carla Bonoff doing somebody's eyes, uh, Sammy Hagar doing the girl gets around yeah. moving pictures, doing never 
which is from that infamous scene of Kevin Bacon dancing in the warehouse. Right. Don't have fun all that stupid stuff. But um, yeah, just a little, just a couple little quick things here. Let's do it. Let's hear it. We got some fun. some Denise Williams. That's it. My baby, he don't talk sweet, <laughs> but that's all right with me. Yeah. We're gonna mute Travis again, aren't we? But uh, watch some contracts, but the, the record label coming for me. That's right. <laughs> so a little tidbit of that. We got some almost paradise, which uh, we'll skip ahead. And then we got, uh, we were joking around about this, not too, what, just before Last, we did the show? Yeah, well, it was, we actually, it was actually, yeah, it was when we were doing the spins. Yeah. Now, this right here is also um, the intro song to a TV show called Cover Up. They used to play on Channel 5, well, oh, CBS. Okay. So. Holding out for a hero. By Bonnie Tyler. I need a hero. Oh yeah, because I did realize too, because I was being a nerd and singing it. Mm-hmm. We messed it up when we were talking we about it. It's we did. fresh. He's got to be fresh from the fight, not good right. fight. Right. Yeah. Now, back in this time frame, you know, some of your dance pop songs and everything, they always had that good beat to it, right? A lot of the mm-hmm. Michael Jackson songs did, and everything, Prince, yeah. people of that nature. Shalimar had a couple of good ones themselves, this being one of them called Dancing in the Sheets. That's a good beat, man. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people saying, why didn't you play the whole songs for us? We just spent your whole podcast listening to the music, not y'all. Copyright. We can't do it for, we can't play a whole bunch of it because of copyrights. Pretty much. Now, Kenny Loggins did two songs on this soundtrack. He did the main song, Footloose. Mm-hmm. And then he did I'm Free, Heaven Helps the Man, which is this one here. And we'll skip ahead in that one too. A little beep, bit. Beep, beep, Yeah, Kenny Loggins, the king of soundtracks, man. It's a toss-up between Kenny Loggins and Chicago. You know, well, you know, so refresh my memory on songs from by Chicago when movie soundtracks in. Oh, they did every. There was a Chicago song in every single Karate Kid movie. No, I swear to God. No, Peter Cetera did one in the second one, but I don't think they had no Chicago song in the first. Yeah, one. it was all of them. I don't <laughs> think you're. I think you're on some of that uh, crack you were talking about earlier. Yeah, because I oh that was funny, and we'll put that in there. Because I was telling Chris before the show that when I was a little kid, I used to get the lyrics all messed up to this song, "The Footloose." I thought they said, "Jack, get back." come off the four wheat crack and i was like what is four wheat crack and then we got the five and it's like well, nowadays it's the four week crack like well you've been on it for a minute we'll lose your shoes running from the boys in blue <laughs> you don't have a career with weird al but you know 
Not Kenny Loggins. I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, I just want to get a few of the songs out there and recognize the soundtrack. It was a great soundtrack to listen to. It was fun. Uh, yeah. It's one of my favorite movie soundtracks of all time, if I had to pick one. It's probably my top one, if not close to the top one. Wow, that's saying a lot. Well, I mean, you got a lot of good ones in the 80s, but I mean, I, you know, I like the soundtrack from this, the soundtrack from Breaking, the soundtrack from Top Gun was good. Yeah. Uh, Purple Rain. Well, we got a dancing that. movie in there, man. What about Dirty Dancing? Wasn't that like 1987 or 88, 89? Oh, that's a great soundtrack. Yeah, I think it's somewhere. The soundtrack was good as well, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. A lot of great soundtracks, no doubt. So, do, so, do you feel you like got, this is the best dancing movie? Uh, I okay. I want to hear your so, favorite dancing movie. Some people may get a little, let me get a little giggle out of this, but my favorite dancing movie has always been Breaking. Ah, oh, that's nice. That's nice. yeah. It's always been Breaking. That's probably my second favorite. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just stay really, really white and say mine's Grease, man. <laughs> I don't. I don't consider Grease a dance movie, though. Really? No, I consider it kind of like a musical in a way, okay. because they because they sing in it a lot. But it's not as much of a dance movie as it is of them singing in it. So, well, okay. Uh, when I it's think of dance movies, dancing. Okay, I think so of foot, it's, it I think to be Footloose, about dancing. Right. I think Footloose, Flashdance, Beat Street, Breaking, Breaking Two. You know, th- okay, things well, like that. Okay. Well, my favorite's going to have to be Breaking as well because you just can't be. You just can't be, uh, oh man, how did I not remember his name? Dancing with the dang broom when he was sweeping. Oh, Turbo. Turbo. Can't beat Turbo dancing with the broom. Turbo Ozone Special K. Yeah. Make the group TKO. Special K. That's what we used to call ketamine in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Um, not we. Disclaimer for the show, kids. Do not listen to Travis and do what he did in the 90s. Uh, We do not recommend this in any way. Saw that on Drugs, Inc. (laughs) <laughs> he claims he's seen this on documentary a documentary or something. <laughs> um so just to get a few quick fun facts in there lose this movie is loosely based on events that took place in a small rural extremely religious farming town of elmore city oklahoma mm-hmm. in 1978 dancing had been banned for nearly 90 years until a group of high school teenagers challenged that's it. insanity that's crazy i mean you know you got some some uh, places so deep in religion that they they think everything from dancing to a deck of cards to Man, foosball you know, to whatever is the de- well, and, and foosball is the devil. <laughs> so I mean, a number of things they didn't know nothing about no rum springer. Rum so, springer. In 2013 interview with Howard Stern, Kevin Bacon admitted he has actually tipped DJs at weddings to not play Footloose. That's hilarious. He I stated people that. expect him to dance the song as he did in the movie. Oh my god! Yeah, I would <laughs> not be able to handle that. In, in truth, he said while he did do some of the dancing, there was also a dancing double for him as well. So right um, now, the scenes where Chris Penn's character had to learn how to dance were added to the script because Penn really could not dance. Oh, ah. So, little fun fact on that. Well, I guess that's a slap in the face of the Rotten Tomatoes critic that said, Ke- <laughs> Kevin Bacon dances like a machete cutting through the forest. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you remember the opening of the movie? <laughs> it's nothing but just little feet dancing. Dancing right. feet everywhere. So it says, the dancing feet in the opening credit sequence contain many of the cast and crew. 
Over 150 different pairs of feet were shot. The dancer with the gold shoes was Kenny Loggins. Ah, B. That's Kenny Loggins. Uh, Kevin Bacon was offered the leading role for the Stephen King movie Christine Mm -hmm. at the same time that he was asked to do a screen test for Footloose. The producers had to convince Bacon that turning down the sure role in Christine for a part he might not even get in Footloose was the wiser choice. Uh, Producers told him that if he got the part for Footloose, the role would make him a star. 30 seconds into the screen test, Bacon was offered the part, and then he had to fight to keep it because producer Sherry Lansing said he wasn't sexy enough to headline a youth-oriented movie like this. Oh, that's hilarious. It took Herbert Ross weeks of pleading with her that he was sexy, and it took various new screen tests to change her mind, but it did work, and the rest is his. Oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. What was the old... <laughs> What was the old daggum chant that they used to do? Where they say, "You ugly, woo!" You remember? Yeah. Was well, that U G L Y? You ain't got no alibi. That's you it. ugly. Why <laughs> you ain't got no alibi? You ugly. Ooh. <laughs> oh, Man, okay. So sixth, sixth grade. Sixth grade just flashed before my eyes. <laughs> you That's what that we up. do here. We take them back. Oh, goodness. That's the whole point of the show, man. Uh, Says John Lithgow. Lithgow. Lithgow Mm -hmm. filmed scenes for Terms of Endearment while on break from shooting this film. Oh, wow. And let's see if we can find anything else a little bit fun to mention here. Uh, How about about CBS edited an entire 10 minutes from it for its 1987 television network premiere? Now, what's that again? CBS edited a full 10 minutes from the film for its 1987 network television premiere and not for commercials. Does it say what 10 (laughs) minutes it was? It doesn't, but it also says that the UK cinema version was cut by two minutes and 48 seconds by the BBFC to receive a PG certificate with heavy edits to the fight scenes and Ariel's beating by her boyfriend. Also cuts to raunchy dialogue, including the Ariel's line, I'm not a virgin. And the entire removal of the scene showing Ren being offered a marijuana joint. Are you kidding? Have you seen half the stuff that BBC puts on television? (laughs) I know, man. You had Benny Hill in that time and you can't let that stuff go by? No doubt. That's crazy. All right. So Kevin Bacon, literally, uh, he says he is uncomfortable when speaking in public, but has never, uh, and, and, and in this movie, when he's speaking in front of the city council, Mm-hmm. It says he broke out in hives around his midsection wow. when he had to film that scene. It felt like actual public speaking to him. But this gets me right here. Gene Siskel. We were talking about Siskel these guys Niebuhr, earlier, yeah. Siskel Niebuhr, and how we couldn't stand some of their movie reviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. Gene Siskel was one of the few critics that liked the movie, although he complained parts of the plot are silly. For instance... If the preacher is so strict, why does he let his daughter walk around with tight jeans and no bra? Right. <laughs> but then that was really for us, the audience. Yeah, that's what we call fan service. Fan services. Diane Weist, Weiss, whatever, and John Lithgow were only nine and 12 years older, respectively, than Lori Singer, who played their daughter. Really? Yes. That's great. Well, we've talked about that before, though, how that weird ages in castings you know it was in lethal weapon we were talking about that the age of the daughter versus yes um, yeah 
versus the Murtaugh character. Yeah, she was only yeah, she wasn't that he was much ten year, he was ten years older than her yeah. in that movie. That's crazy. Did it you know so that Tron crazy. Travolta was offered the role of Ren and turned it down? Did you say that while ago? You didn't say that. No, I did not, but I could see and that. How though. about Madonna auditioned for the role of Ariel? I just I was gonna tell you, I see some names here right now for both for both characters. Daryl Hannah turned down the offer to play Ariel Moore in order to play Madison in Splash. I'd say it was probably a good choice choice. for her. Yeah, because Splash Um, is what I remember her from, for sure. Well, I mean, if she'd done Footloose, you'd remember her from Footloose, too, probably. She wouldn't have walked out of the water like she did in Splash. She wouldn't have been splashing that booty around anywhere, (laughs) though, would she? She wouldn't have been splashing that booty Um, around. Elizabeth McGovern turned down the role in Ariel in order to play Deborah Gelly in Once Upon a Time in America. Mm-hmm. Melanie Griffith, Michelle Pfeiffer, Jamie Lee Curtis, Rosanna Arquette, Meg Tilly, Julia Louise Dreyfus, Heather Locklear, uh, Meg Ryan, Jennifer Jason Lee, Jodie Foster, Phoebe Cates, Tatum O'Neill, Bridget Fonda, Lori Laughlin, Diane Lane, and Brooke Shields were all offered the role of Ariel but turned it down. They went Holy through cow. all those people before they finally got to Lori Singer. That is it to her. Else. That is really wild seeing as how she didn't go on to become as big a star as every single one of those names. Yeah. But I guess it was because of her lack of desire to move into that kind of role. It could be. And then she wasn't exactly one of those type of actresses, in my opinion, that's memorable in her mm-hmm. performances. I mean, I liked her in Footloose. Don't get me wrong. Right. Uh, but I mean, She's it's not like not she had the most lady. memorable performance in it, you know, not yet, not a leading right. lady type role. Um, Tom Cruise and Rob Lowe were both slated to play the lead. The casting directors were impressed with Cruise because of the famous underwear dance sequence in Risky Business, but he was unavailable for the part because he was filming all the right moves. Lowe auditioned three times and had dancing ability and the neutral teen look that director Herbert Ross wanted, but he pulled his knee and the injury prevented him from taking the part. And then after watching Diner, it says Ross had to convince the producers to go with Kevin Bacon. Wow, that's crazy. So that just brings me to, speaking of Rob Lowe, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I told you about this show yet. Everyone needs to check this show out because he's touching on things that he's dealt with in his life for real. And it co-stars his actual son, uh, John Owen Lowe, and it's called Unstable, and it is one of the funniest 30-minute sitcom TV shows I have ever seen. Rob Lowe plays this genius. He's he's like a genius that came up with, I forgot what he first came up with, but he owns a biological research company that's just like doing all these things, and what they're trying to do at the moment, their big project is to turn carbon, carbon emissions they're using carbon emissions to make concrete, some crazy something. Yeah. And um, so his wife, his wife died and she was a brilliant researcher too. And his son's brilliant. So, I mean, you know, his family, brilliant genes and, but it's just set in the, the setting inside the research company. It, oh my God, it is just spectacular. Unstable is the name of it. And everybody go watch it. This what, that shows. Where's it at though? Where do you see it at? Uh, I think it's on Prime. Okay. Uh, we're not being, uh, you know, 
sponsored by Prime in any way. So yeah, no, it's not at all. Not that we won't take it if they want to throw a few bucks. These I know, way. right? Just hell, discount my membership or something. There you go. Give us a give us a year membership for free or something. I know, right? Yeah, I don't get free two day shipping. I pay a hundred dollars a year for it. <laughs> <laughs> the okay, so we gotta get that. I want to get this in, and I guess we gotta hurry up and get ready to to wrap things yeah, up here yeah, shortly. Yeah, um, yeah. The, uh, the 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 two girls that played his little cousins. Remember them? Yeah. Um, they're actual sisters that are residents in Utah there where it was filmed. Okay. Um, it also says that their father appears as mayor Dooley in the town hall scene and their mother and two brothers play extras as well. So I don't know what got this family, the the little bit parts in it, but Mm -hmm. the entire family was in footloose. They had, something, they had something to fall back on. Hey, Travis, <laughs> where where can they find us if they want to listen to the show, man? They can find us everywhere, man. I would say the best place to find us would be at RetroLifeForYou.com. That is correct. And uh, don't forget when you're going to that website, it's uh, not spelled like the actual podcast. It's RetroLife, the number four, the letter U.com. And you can listen to the show straight off the website. You can also choose if you want to go to Spotify or iTunes or Amazon Prime Music, <laughs> which we mentioned earlier, Amazon Prime uh, and Google, I believe, as well. So, I mean, plenty of places yes. you can find us out there. We are on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. We are everywhere. The question is, Travis, is where are we not at? That's the best question. Let me yeah. tell you where we're not at, Travis. We're not tell in the ratings. Not. It's some of the best shows. That's for sure. <laughs> Maybe one day, man. Hey, if you guys get a chance, go to the website, go to the top of the page, go to Podchaser. You click on it and you can give us a rating of stars there. Five stars being the best, of course. And that's exactly what you want to do is five stars. Five well, you stars. know what? The number five. one thing that all these movies have in common. Well, most of these movies that we talk about have in common, though, is uh, they have a common theme, man. It's about it's about working together and never giving up. man. So that's what we're going to do. That's right. Five stars. <laughs> Power Five stars. Positivity, baby. Five stars. Five stars. Um, that exactly. Five so, uh, and uh, you know, I always say this. Actually, I say I do. We didn't do it last episode at all. Huh? We did not put the social medias out there at all. But hey, sure if you guys did. want to get in touch with us, That's send us an email at retroliferyou at gmail dot com. And I have a challenge for the people who might be listening to this. Mm -hmm. I want to put a new segment on the show if I can of where we get some incoming mail that we can read something on the air that someone sends like a suggestion uh, for a movie, or you tell us what your favorite part about this show was as far as footloose goes or anything else that you might like. Eddie's West. send us an email at retro life for you at gmail.com. Tell us this. And if I get some to choose from, I'll pick one out and I'll read it on the air and you know, we'll go from there. We'll do this every week. If it I starts to take idea. off, especially sounds like a fun thing to do. Doesn't have to be about the exact podcast we're doing right now. It can be about any show we've done in the past, any show you want us to do in the future. Yeah. Help something us like your favorite part of a movie or something. It'd be great if y'all would help us out with that too. Cause we don't want like our moms or wives or something to be the first letters we read. <laughs> <laughs> we're, first letter I'm, lead. Chris I'm is gonna, saying the first letter. Well, my mommy wrote in today and yeah. she said, I'm sitting in a basement, but it is my basement. <laughs> right. Oh, don't forget about this over there, Chris. Can't forget about this, Chris. They can go buy you a cup of coffee. They can. 
Yeah. Leave it for you <laughs> with your cup of coffee. Your cup of coffee in the morning Get that you're talking about. Coffee in the morning. Yeah. Yes. You can always go to buy me a coffee <laughs> if you want <laughs> to. It's like basically, basically, it's uh, more or less like an online tip jar at this point. It's nothing major. Uh, you can donate to the show at that point. It would go toward doing things like getting people on the show that do uh, require to get paid to go on the shows for their time and everything. A lot of people don't charge, but just too busy to come on. But you do have a handful of people that want to get paid sometimes. And that's all good because, hey, people got to make money, right? right yeah, that's right, that's right. We don't argue. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, www.buymeacoffee.com slash retro life for you. Actually, the best way you can go to it is just to go to our website and click the link from there. That's the easiest way for you. So that being like said, it. Travis, any closing remarks for us you got or anything got that you want to end on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a question pertaining to our whole show, man. Yeah. How do you make a tissue dance? Put a little boogie in it. 